The WCC is expected to add Oregon State and Washington State as affiliate members for the 2024-25 and 2025-26 seasons. What does it mean for the conference? What does it mean for Gonzaga? What does it mean for the women's basketball team? We're going to cover all of that on an emergency breaking episode of the Locked on Zags podcast. You are Locked on Zags, your daily podcast on the Gonzaga Bulldogs. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team, every day. What is going on, y'all? Welcome into the Locked On Zags podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host and longtime Gonzaga podcaster, Andy Patton, here to bring you news and updates on all things Zag athletics. Today's episode of Locked On Zags is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 in your pocket if your team wins. So visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. Folks, we got breaking news to discuss today. The recap of Gonzaga's game against Jackson State will be coming out tomorrow. For those of you who are looking for that, we are still going to get to it. We're going to talk about Gonzaga's women's game against Arizona. But all that has been pushed back a day as we discuss the breaking story. First reported by Matt Norlander of CBS Sports that the WCC is expected to add both Oregon State and Washington State as affiliate members. Uh, as we're recording this on Wednesday, the, expe- the expectation is that the vote will take place on Thursday morning for the WCC presidents and athletic directors, barring some kind of very late change of heart. There is uh, All expectations are that this is going to happen. They are going to get voted into the conference for, again, the 24-25 season and the 25-26 season season. That is the report we are getting right now. It is a affiliate membership effectively in every sport except for two. Of course, football is one of those sports as the football uh, at the WCC does not offer football for starters and football has already agreed to a scheduling agreement with the Mountain West Conference. Baseball is the other sport that will not be involved here. Somewhat interesting that baseball is not involved in the article written by Matt Norlander. He mentioned that Oregon State and Washington State are expected to start out independent in baseball. I'm guessing they're looking for another option. I don't know what that might be. My speculation, and this is entirely just my guess here, is they may be looking at the Big West Conference. The Big West is is inferior to the WCC in basically every sport outside of baseball. Uh, Even then, the Big West and the WCC, I think, are comparable, but the Big West does have some really high-end programs. Maybe they're taking a look there. The Mountain West doesn't seem like it would make sense as a baseball fit. It's not better than the WCC. So that is a bit of an odd kind of anomaly with with regards to the situation. At this point, baseball seems like one of the most difficult sports to attempt to do independently just because of how the scheduling works. But that is the plan right now. Again, continuing to to discuss from this article by Matt Norlander, I will link to it in the show notes. Uh, Apparently, the Mountain West had some logistical and ongoing legal concerns, which is what made a move for the rest, because they already have this agreement in football, but there was no, they weren't able to get the momentum to bring the rest of the sports into membership in the Mountain West right now. So that is why Oregon State and Washington State pivoted, looked to the WCC. Stu Jackson, the new commissioner of the West Coast Conference, was negotiating with those two 
schools somewhat under the radar. Uh, it had been discussed as an option, kind of tossed out there a handful of times, but we didn't really hear a lot of momentum towards this until quite suddenly on Wednesday afternoon, it was reported. Uh, again, this they are going to be eligible for automatic qualifier status. They're going to be able to make the NCAA tournament if they win the WCC. Like they are in the West Coast Conference as, again, affiliate members for at least the next two years. A quote from the source that Matt Norlander spoke to said, they will be eligible for AQ status and will play under the WCC flag. Their games will count in the standings. So, yeah, this is it's not like the scheduling agreement between these two schools in the Mountain West where Oregon State and Washington State are independent for football, but they are just playing half of their games against Mountain West schools. That is a difference. In this situation, they are members of the WCC. I think that's an important distinction. Again, all of this is still dependent on this vote, so it is not finalized as I am speaking to you right now. There is a pretty good chance that it is finalized by the time you are listening to this. So again, no baseball, no football, of course, but it's men's and women's basketball, which is what we're going to spend the majority of this show talking about. But it does also include the soccer program, the tennis program, softball, which Gonzaga does not have, but the WCC does offer, uh, et cetera, et cetera, going on down the line. Uh, the WCC now grows from nine programs to 11 programs. It adds brand recognition in a significant way for the WCC, makes them a more appealing conference to schedule with. And look, we're not going to sit here and pretend that Washington State and Oregon State from a men's basketball perspective are massive additions to the WCC. We're not going to sugarcoat it. This is not the equivalent of adding even like a Grand Canyon would probably be a, a better ad than Oregon State, probably not a better ad than Washington State. But these are not powerhouses in the men's basketball sphere. They are much more palatable additions in women's basketball, which we will close out the show discussing. But from a men's basketball perspective, they don't add a bunch of premier talent, but they do add that brand recognition. And I think that is important for the WCC to add programs that bring Again, recognition, they're, they're brands that people know. They have big arenas. They have large fan bases, large donor bases, large alumni bases, things that, that a lot of schools in the WCC primarily because they are smaller Jesuit institutions do not have. This is a quality replacement for BYU in the sense that these are, again, programs that are the same size as BYU academically, institutionally. They have these big arenas, all of that stuff. It is going to create some rule changes in the WCC that aren't officially known at this time. But according to, again, Matt Norlander, the league schedule is expected to expand. That is pretty obvious when you add two teams. Right now, it's a 16-game league schedule. It's probably going to expand to either 18, potentially 20. I have a feeling Mark Few's not going to love that. That is something that he has talked against in the past of wanting to be able to have more non-conference opportunities. He spoke about it at the Maui Invitational this year about how he's afraid that MTEs like the Maui Invitational won't continue to happen because of all these conferences getting bigger and bloating and playing more conference games. The WCC was, was already small. They're now more normal sized. 11 schools is still pretty small for a, a big conference or for a conference. So it's not like this is a huge, like disastrous change necessarily, but it is, it is potentially adding two to four conference games against not very good opponents. Washington State is fine while taking away opportunities for Gonzaga to play some marquee non-conference games. There are also expected changes coming to the WCC tournament format and the financial payouts for the NCAA tournament units. 
And we will talk a little bit more about what that means. But frankly, all of those things are currently set up to favor Gonzaga in a pretty significant way. And any alterations to those that any alterations are going to be less advantageous for Gonzaga because right now they're set up about as, as advantageous for the school as they possibly can be. So we expect some changes to come in terms of the league's rules, the league's financial payouts, uh, the conference schedule. All these things are going to change because they're adding two members for at least the next two years. How long Washington State and Oregon State stay affiliated with the WCC, whether it becomes a permanent affiliate member, whether they end up coming to some agreement with the Mountain West. Like we said, right now there are logistical hurdles, but they may not be forever. And it's very possible that the Mountain West and the Pac-12 do eventually merge. And if the if Oregon State and Washington State win their lawsuit and are able to use the assets of the Pac-12, potentially pull in those Mountain West schools, that's still what I think is going to happen. For more information on kind of what that situation is, highly recommend checking out the Locked On Pac-12 podcast with my friend Spencer McLaughlin. He's breaking this down in a really big way over there. But I still think that's probably going to happen. So I don't know that this is a long-term thing happening for the WCC, but it's certainly interesting and it's compelling and it's fun to discuss. And what I want to do now is talk about what it means for Gonzaga. More importantly, is Gonzaga more likely to stay in the WCC long-term or could this have the opposite effect? Could this be more likely to push Gonzaga out of the WCC and continue their quest to join conference realignment, potentially be in the Big 12 or even the Big East? We're going to talk about all of that after a word from today's sponsor, LinkedIn Jobs. Folks, these days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You all want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best and most qualified candidates available, and that's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs, which helps find the right people for your team faster, and they do it for free. It's really easy to create a free job post, and all you have to do is add your job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. From there, simple tools like screening questions make it easy to parse out candidates who you'd like to interview and hire. And that's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering those quality hires versus the leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. So post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. All right, folks, moving on in our conversation here about the breaking story on Wednesday afternoon that Oregon State and Washington State, the Beavers and the Cougars, the two teams left behind by the Pac-12, are now joining the WCC as affiliate members. Again, as we're recording this, the vote is yet to happen, but the expectation is that it will go through. And I want to be clear, we're going to talk pros and cons, what this means for Gonzaga in the short term. But I do not believe that this move impacts Gonzaga's feelings about joining the Big 12 Conference. Gonzaga has been very clear that they want to be in the Big 12. Brett Yormark, the commissioner of the Big 12, has made it very clear he wants Gonzaga. There are hurdles that still need to be overcome. There are programs in the Big 12 that are not willing to vote yes on Gonzaga yet. There is not an update on that situation other than what we have talked about on previous episodes of the Locked On Zags podcast. But I don't think that Gonzaga is going to look at these additions, and particularly when we talk about some of the cons, and think, well, even if the Big 12 invites us, I think we'll stay here. I don't think that's going to happen, and I want to make that very clear. For those of you who want Gonzaga to stay in the WCC, this 
doesn't hurt, but I don't think that it really changes the equation. For those of you who are hoping Gonzaga gets out of the WCC and are thinking, well, is this going to keep them there long term? I don't think it changes that conversation much. But let's talk about what the pros and cons are for Gonzaga, because even if they do want to move to the Big 12, there's no guarantee it will happen. There's no guarantee it'll happen before at least the 24-25 season. So we're very likely to get at least one year of Gonzaga in the WCC with Oregon State and Washington State. And the number one pro is pretty simple. The WCC is a better basketball conference with these two teams. Plain and simple, they are better. They're they're these again, these two programs are not elite, but they are better than the majority of the teams in the WCC. Right now, Washington State, as we're recording the 65th in the country at Ken Palm, they are eight and two on the year. That 65th ranking would put them third behind Gonzaga and St. Mary's. St. Mary's only barely ahead of them. They're up in the 50s now after a blowout win over Middle Tennessee State. They were 68th as, re- as recently as Tuesday. So this is not a team that, uh, this, this is not a program that is demonstrably ahead of Washington State right now. Typically they will be. This is an anomalous year for, for the, the Gales. But right now Washington State would slot in at third. They are 8-2 and two on the year. They have a loss to Mississippi State, a top team in the SEC. Their other loss is to Santa Clara, 69-61 game there, a really close competitive matchup, which I think kind of highlights why this would be a fun addition into the WCC. Now, the, the Cougars don't really have any great wins. UC Riverside in the Big West, they beat Eastern, they beat Idaho. They haven't played a lot of great teams. I think that is kind of an issue for Washington State. They're obviously going to play some better teams as they get into Pac-12 play. I'm a huge Kyle Smith fan, head coach for the Cougars, former head coach at San Francisco. Uh, Wazoo is one of the toughest Power 6 programs to, to recruit, to have any level of talent. They've had NBA talent regularly at Washington State. That is extremely difficult to do, and I think a huge shout-out to him. Uh, Ken Palm also does program history data, dating all the way back to 1997, basically ranking the programs 1 through 362 across the last 28, 27 years of college basketball. Uh, Washington State comes in 89th since 1997. That would be them third in the WCC behind, you guessed it, Gonzaga and St. Mary's. So historically and currently, Wazoo slots in as the third best team in the WCC. Uh, They're right around San Francisco, right around St. Mary's, potentially in that second conversation as well. For Oregon State, they're not as big of an addition. We're not going to sugarcoat it here. Oregon State's been pretty bad in men's basketball the last couple of years. However, they're currently 206th at Ken Palm. They are 7-3 and three on the year. 206th for a Power 6 program is pretty bad, but guess what? It puts them fifth in the WCC behind Gonzaga, St. Mary's, LMU, and Santa Clara. Technically, they would be sixth because they would also be behind Washington State. They're right next to San Diego uh, in that conversation. Now, Oregon State, they're not having a great year, but their losses are all respectable. Nebraska's playing really good basketball right now. Baylor's one of the top 25 teams in the country. Pitt is a likely NCAA tournament team. That's their only losses. The problem is they don't have any good wins, in part because of scheduling. App State is an okay win. They did beat Auburn earlier this year. Utah Valley and Troy, okay mid-major wins. Nothing great, but nothing terrible either. And look, Coach Wayne Tinkle took this team to the Elite Eight a few years ago. Yes, they have been horrendous since then. I mean horrendous. I think they went 3-28 and the year after they made that magical Elite Eight run. But they did it. It happened. And historically, this program is 104th since 1997. 104th in all of college basketball. That's not that far behind Washington State. Uh, And again, it would be third, fourth in the WCC if you were counting Wazoo. They'd be behind Gonzaga, St. Mary's, and Wazoo in that conversation. So both of these programs, not elite, not great. They make the WCC better. 
Beyond that, we kind of talked on it in the first segment. They add brand recognition and regional rivalries. Gonzaga versus Washington State is immediately must-watch TV. It's a rivalry that Gonzaga has stopped playing, I think, in 2015. Uh, but when these two teams met, it was always, always a good game. 75 miles apart, Spokane to Pullman is an easy drive. Uh, this is a the kind of regional rivalry that we want to see from Gonzaga. When we've talked in the past about Gonzaga potentially joining a merged uh, Pac-2 Mountain West Conference as a, as a realignment option, one of the appeals is getting to play Wazoo twice a year in basketball. I want this rivalry back. I want this game back on the calendar. Many of you want this game back on the calendar. This sets that up, where it is a situation where these two teams play each other. It is a good regional matchup, powerhouses in the eastern Washington area, uh, and, and I think it's a, the kind of game that should be happening. These two teams have big arenas. They have, again, huge fan bases, huge alumni bases. Like in, Instead of playing in quote-unquote high school gyms like Gonzaga does at Firestone Fieldhouse in Pepperdine and uh, in St. Mary's Arena and Jenny Craig Pavilion in San Diego, they get to go play uh, in much, much bigger arenas. At Gill Coliseum in Oregon State, they get to go play in Pullman for Washington State. Like They get bigger arenas, big, more fans loaded up with Gonzaga fans. Uh, for Gonzaga fans who struggle to get tickets to go see Gonzaga in Portland, it's going to be a little easier to get those tickets at Gill Coliseum down in Corvallis. A lot bigger space right there. Get opportunities to see the Zags on the road uh, in different opportunities. Uh, so I think that this, those things make this a, a solid move for Gonzaga. It helps them in terms of making their conference better and giving them more regional rivalries, more opportunities for fans to see them. That's maybe not something Gonzaga is overly concerned about, but it is good for the fan base, uh, for people who live in the Portland, uh, Eastern Washington area who don't get a lot of opportunities to see Gonzaga. They now get uh, two bigger opportunities to see them going forward. The cons are fairly obvious. Uh, the potential changes to the WCC tournament format currently favors the, the Zags in a major way with the double buy system. If that changes, and as of right now, we do not know what that change will look like. It has only been reported that it is expected to change. It's not going to favor Gonzaga as much. Probably not a dire situation of like the, the Zags are now guaranteed to leave because of the WCC tournament format. Like, I don't think it's that dire of a situation, but it's going to be less advantageous for Gonzaga and Mark Few is not going to be happy about it. They're, they're going to get rid of the double buy system. Uh, it's going to make Gonzaga have to play more games to get to the WCC championship. They're not going to want to do that. Outside of that, more conference games, less non-con games. We already said, Mark Few talked about this. This is already something he's not happy about. And while you know the amount of conference games the WCC is going to be playing is not an, not an obscene amount, it's pretty much a normal amount. Right now they're playing less than normal. Next year they will play, or when this happens, they will play a normal amount. It's still not what Mark Few wants. They want to play more non-conference games. They want to be able to get into those MTEs and play multiple additional other really good non-conference games like they did this year with the three-game MTE in Maui and then also UConn, also Kentucky, also San Diego State, also USC. I know some of those games didn't pan out to be as good as, as hoped, but that was the plan for Gonzaga, and they they may have to give up on some of that. Uh, and the replacements are games against Washington State and Oregon State, while the Washington State game does provide a, a nice rivalry. Uh, they're not teams that move the needle as much for Gonzaga specifically, and I think that's going to be a, a con for them. Financial payouts from the NCAA tournament units is going to change. Right now, what, the way that this works, very, very simple explanation. However many games your conference wins in the NCAA tournament, you your conference gets money. That money then gets divided up among those schools in the conference. Gonzaga has negotiated effectively to get the WCC to give them a bigger piece of that pie. 
the way they were able to do that is threatening to leave five years ago for the Mountain West and the WCC caved and basically Gonzaga gets a bigger piece of the pie for those NCAA tournament units. They deserve it because they're like, look, we're the only team doing anything in the NCAA tournament. Why should Portland get the same cut as us if we've made the tournament 20 something years in a row and they haven't? And it was a reasonable argument then. It's still a reasonable argument now. But that's going to change. Oregon State and Washington State aren't going to go for that. The WCC likely already told those two schools that that's something that's going to change in order to get them to be accepted into the conference. This is speculation on my part, but I think it's fairly clear that they're not going to come into the conference and let Gonzaga take any of the units or take basically as many of the units as they want. It's going to change. And that's not going to make Gonzaga happy either. They're going to lose money. Losing money is the, the worst thing for, for colleges. That's the last thing that they want to be doing. So for Gonzaga, that is going to be a sticking point. Now, the Big 12 is certainly not going to give Gonzaga anywhere close to the same cut of the pie, but the pie is much, much bigger because basically every team in the Big 12 makes the NCAA tournament. Washington State and Oregon State joining the WCC and cutting into Gonzaga's pie while probably not moving the needle dramatically, maybe one more team makes the NCAA tournament out of the WCC. So the pie gets a tiny bit bigger, but Gonzaga's cut gets slashed. They're not going to like that. So there are some pretty obvious cons. Outside of that, it's temporary. We don't, the, the viability of this move is not known. They're only in it for two years. Do they stay beyond that? Do they move back to the Mountain West? What does that mean for, for Gonzaga? What does that mean for the WCC? Again, I said it at the top and I'll say it again here. None of what's happened or is about to happen changes in my mind Gonzaga's quest to join the Big 12 or if they get, uh, if momentum picks up with the Big East, anything like that is still the priority over staying in the WCC. But this does make the WCC a more viable option in the short term, even if there are some negatives that Mark Few and Gonzaga aren't going to like. We're going to close up the show discussing what this means for Lisa Fortier and the women's basketball program. It is a much bigger deal for the women's basketball team than it is on the men's side. We're going to talk about that after a word from today's sponsor, FanDuel. As the weather gets colder, the college basketball offers stay hot on FanDuel. And right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. So if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there is no better time than right now to get in on the action. The FanDuel app is really easy to use, and there is a wide range of betting options, which includes spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. Right now, Gonzaga's odds to win the WCC are down, are at negative 220. Those are really good odds to put money down on Gonzaga the way St. Mary's has been playing. If you want to get in on that action, visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get in on the action this college basketball season. FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL. Closing out the show today, continuing to discuss the breaking story that Oregon State and Washington State are expected to be voted into the WCC as affiliate members for 24-25 and 25-26 for all sports outside of football and baseball. That includes men's and women's basketball. And what I want to do now to close out the show is talk about the impact this will have on Lisa Fortier's women's basketball program. Because here's the deal. As much as we've talked on this show, about the struggles of the WCC this season and how it's impacting Mark Few's team. The WCC on the women's basketball side is exceptionally bad. There is no other way to put it. The loss of BYU, while it certainly hurt on the men's side, was a really big blow 
on the women's side. BYU wasn't great in their final year for both men's or women's basketball, but prior to that, they had been a dominant program, and their rivalry with Gonzaga was unmatched. Losing them has been a significant problem for Lisa Fortier's team. Right now, Santa Clara is the only non-Gonzaga team in the top 100 at the net for women's basketball. They're 62nd. That is it. That is it. Um, Gonzaga's 13th because they've put together a ridiculously tough non-conference schedule and some, secured some marquee wins, of course, the win against Stanford being among them. But they will not have many opportunities to pick up quad one or even quad two wins throughout the WCC season because of the weakness of the WCC. This crushed Gonzaga last year. They had a really good non-conference season. They dropped one game to Santa Clara in the regular season. They dropped the WCC championship. And yes, those are games they needed to win, but that cost them all the way to a nine seed. That cannot happen again. And we've talked on this show a handful of times about how diligent Coach Fortier was in building a non-conference schedule this year that kind of prevents them from dropping that far. And like we said, they're 13th in the net right now. They have a comfortable, cushy spot, but they need to be that at that level in order to not have any mistakes in the WCC season, which could cost them severely when Selection Monday rolls around. The additions of Oregon State and Washington State massively impact the WCC in a positive way on a women's basketball scale. Washington State, is a they've been ranked through most of the season. They are not currently ranked, but they beat Gonzaga earlier this year in a really, really good game. The rivalry between Gonzaga and Washington State from a women's basketball perspective would be absolutely epic. Wazoo is currently 11-2 and two on the year. They are 20th in the, net, in the net rankings, so just behind Gonzaga. And they made the NCAA tournament in each of the last three years. Last year, they were a five seed. They were ranked as high as 22nd in the country. So you're taking a WCC that is weaker than it is on the men's side, and you're adding a program in Wazoo that is much better than their counterpart on the men's side. 22nd in the country last year at points. They were 21st at their highest this year, have been ranked for the majority of the weeks of the non-conference season. They're still 11-2 and two on the year, 20th in the net rankings. This is a very, very quality team that Lisa Fortier would get to play twice per year. Again, the regional rivalry, of course, has an impact for them as well. And then looking to Oregon State, this is where the difference is even, the spread is even bigger. Because Wazoo is a decent men's basketball team and then a very good women's basketball team. Oregon State is a bad men's basketball team and a very good women's basketball team. Currently, the Beavers are 9-0. They are 29th in the net. So you're adding two top 30 teams to a conference where the only team inside the top 100 outside of Gonzaga is Santa Clara. That is a massive difference. Wazoo and Oregon State come in immediately as the second and third best teams in the conference, and it's not even close. It's not even close. Oregon State has, they struggled a little bit last year, but they were ranked at one point in each of the previous eight seasons. This is not a flash in the pan. They are a consistently great women's basketball program. They were ranked third in the 2019-20 season, third in the country. They have been top 10 at some point in five of the last nine seasons. Five of the last nine seasons, Oregon State has been one of the five best teams in the country per the AP poll. They earned a two seed in both 2016 and 2017. They earned a three seed in 2015. They earned a four seed in 2019, and they earned a six seed in 2018. Yes, last year was kind of a down year for Oregon State, and there is 
I guess some cause for concern on whether that's going to be a, a continued slide, especially as they no longer have the strength of the Pac-12 regular season conference to kind of help them in recruiting and, and adding players via the transfer portal. The same could be said for Wazoo. The same could be said for both programs on the men's side. But these are quality programs that have been consistently great for many years in women's basketball. There is not a super compelling reason to believe that that will not continue. And even if they don't quite reach that same threshold, I'm not expecting Oregon State to be a top five ranked team and a top three seed in the NCAA tournament in 25 and 26. I don't know that that's necessarily likely for this program, but it is clear that unless some, they completely just implode in a massive way, they are going to be the second or third best team in the WCC. And Washington State's going to be the second or third best team in the WCC. And they're going to make this conference better. These two teams make a huge difference for Coach Lisa Fortier. Getting to play these two teams four times in a season is a seed line, maybe a, maybe two seed lines for them. If they go three and one, against these three teams, if they go four or these two teams, if they go four and oh against these two teams and everything else stays the same last year where they were nine seed, they're probably a six. That's not a joke. They are probably a six. If nothing else changes, but they win three or four games against these two teams. That is the kind of difference. It's not making that difference for the men's side. It's helping, but it's not making that kind of difference. It does on the women's side. And I think that is really important. Does this mean that for women's basketball, they would rather stay in a WCC with Oregon State and Washington State than go to the Big 12 a lot if, if the men's team gets that invite? No, no, it shouldn't. The Big 12 is still so much deeper than a WCC with Oregon State and Washington State, and it's not particularly close. So I don't think that it's going to move the needle in that way necessarily for Coach Fortier's team. But in the short term, assuming Gonzaga is not in a new conference before at least 24-25, this is going to be a benefit for the Gonzaga women's basketball team in a significant way. We're going to have a lot more about this topic as it becomes official, what it means for other programs, uh, what it can, more conversation on what it means for Gonzaga, looking at some of the other matchups. I briefly mentioned it, Portland and Oregon State being in the same conference now is fun. Like there's a lot of intrigue and excitement about this potential or about this addition again as we wait for it to be formally finalized uh, on Thursday morning. But this is an exciting development for the WCC, an exciting development for Gonzaga, and incredibly relieving uh, development for Oregon State and Washington State and something we're going to discuss plenty of times here on the Locked On Zags podcast. But that's going to wrap us up for today. We'll be back on Friday with a recap of Gonzaga's game against Jackson State and, and the women's team's game against Arizona to close out the week coming up on the Locked On Zags podcast. Thank you so much for making this show your first listen or your first watch of the day. And until tomorrow, as always, go Zags.